What is your view of Nick Casario now that he got the head coaching hiring right? Mm-hmm. That's going to be fun. And former Houston Texan running back Jonathan Wells joins the show. When it came down to it, there is no place I wanted to be any more than H-Town. So it was an easy it was an easy pick for me. It was a no-brainer to be here, all right, be home. It was a no-brainer. So it wasn't a, a difficult decision at all. It was very easy. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Monday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, five days a week. You will see Cody and I. I'm joined by Cody Davis. Five days? The way we've been going. The way we've been going. (laughs) We have hit them with the 50 left times. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. They have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. Uh, last week, you guys know the news, and I know y'all are still excited about D'Amico, Hy- D'Amico Ryan's being hired as the Houston Texans next head coach, sixth in franchise history. For today's show, we have Jonathan Wells joining the show, former Houston Texans running back. Uh, mm. That's going to be very interesting because I can't wait to talk football with a former pro player. And it's important because he ripped this team. But before we dive into Jonathan Wells mm-hmm. and start that discussion, Cody, you had, I think, one of the better questions at the press conference last week when uh, Nick Casario uh, hired, uh, announced D'Amico Ryans as the next head coach, talked and asked about, you know, his, I'm not going to call it a love relationship, but how he has admired the way the Pittsburgh Steelers had put together uh, their franchise, right? And and I thought that was a very important question. We got that clip. Before we talk about it, can you roll it? Um, Nick, since you've been here, you've talked a lot about building a franchise that can sustain success. Um, You referenced the Pittsburgh Steelers several times. With this hiring of D'Amico, do you feel like you finally have an opportunity to start laying the groundwork to building a franchise that could be successful? Yeah, I think – Anytime you look at any organization, you kind of have to look at its own entity, our own entity, and there's been a lot of work that we've put in over the last few years. And quite frankly, there's been some things that maybe haven't gone as the way that we would have hoped, but, you know, we're excited about the opportunity in front of us. you got to start somewhere. you got to put your feet on the ground somewhere, and here's where we are today. So we got our feet on the ground. D'Amico's feet are on the ground. Our feet are on the ground. We can't wait to get started. we got a lot of work in front of us, but if we get the right people with the right process in place, and then build it day by day, okay, week by week, month by month by month. That's how you build sustainable success. It doesn't happen overnight. I know everybody kind of sometimes gets caught up in the kind of quick fix. You got to have purposeful intent action and do it consistently day after day. And honestly, it's about doing simple things better, right? If you do simple well, okay, it's like we've talked about um, offensively, like philosophically. D'Amico's talked about it's simple, but you create the illusion of complexity, right? So do something really well, kind of create the illusion of complexity, whether it's your formation in a certain way, your motion in a certain way, you cause a defender's eyes to go a certain way. Like figure out those things that we can do and the simple things and make sure our players understand that. And if you do it consistently over time, that's how you're going to build something that you can actually 
move forward with and have sustainable success. So it doesn't happen overnight. We've been fortunate to be a part of really good programs, whether it was coaching or playing or in my role. We kind of know what good football looks like. We got to make it Houston Texan football. What does good football look like for the Houston Texans? I think we philosophically believe in a lot of the same things. So we got to kind of have to put our imprint on it as we go. And I think that's what excites us the most. I mean, really, since he took the job, like we haven't stopped talking, whether it's about staff, whether it's about the players, about what we're going to do. But it's about work and it's about action. It's not going to be about words. Like, this is great. Like, we're talking a lot here. But once this is over, I know Omar said we're going to have many opportunities to be available. That may or may not be true. But <laughs> it's going to be about work and it's going to be our action in this building, what we do to prepare ourselves to go out there on Sundays against whoever we're playing and say, damn, like we're playing the Texans. So we're not, you know, we got a long way to go before we get to that point, but that's the goal. And that's how you build something over the course of time and make it about our program, not necessarily somebody else's program. I know some of you guys are used to when I'm playing the clip, especially with Nick Casario, only play half of what he had to say or just a portion of what I really want to focus on. But I decided to play Nick Casario's full clip because, um, first and foremost, I do believe that might have been one of Nick Casario's best answers that he has ever given in a press conference. You know, we always talk about and make fun of how he give us a lot of word salad. But I just wanted to show how this press conference was the first time that I could honestly say that everything that Nick Casario spoke about was genuine. And we talked about this. Oh, go ahead, John. Not to cut you off. And he was also giddy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He was like, he was like, you know, like, you, so when you, when you talk football and you've been in a bad situation or it's not been as promising as you would like, you know, your start to be, mm -hmm. you kind of sound down and sad. Like, you know, well, you get, to the point where Nick Casario has been, you just regurgitate words. You know, a lot of those words mm -hmm. don't mean much. <laughs> didn't get that last week. Really didn't. And I'm sorry to cut you off, but he just sounded giddy and happy to get his guy. Oh <laughs> uh, no, and I'm glad that you pointed that out because that was something else I was going to bring up as well. But you know, remember last week when we started to get the news that D'Amico High D'Amico Rhines was going to be the Houston Texans next head coach. Uh, we came on this show and talked about Casario's love and admiration for the Pittsburgh Steelers, how he wants uh wants to build the Houston Texans that can that can sustain success like we have seen in Pittsburgh, especially with them um sticking sticking to Mike Tomlin for what is it 16, 17 years now. And we talked about the similarities between Tomlin's and Ryan's. Once again, both of these guys, first head coaching opportunity came midway in their 30s. Tomlin was uh Defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, um, defensive mining coach, D'Amico Ryan's two-year defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, the one thing that I would say about this is, especially when Nick Casario talking about this franchise's feet are on the ground and D'Amico Ryan's feet are on the ground, this is going to be the start of laying the groundwork of what he wants to build the Houston Texans to be. Absolutely. You know, another Another um, a similarity between Coach Ryan's and Coach Tomlin, this is a quote uh, back when he got his first NFL job at 28 years old. I did not want to let those dudes down. Mm. I came in every day with a kind of an edge. I had no resume they could appreciate. I had no reputation they could appreciate. I came into this thing fighting every day to prove I belong, to help those dudes eat. 
Same thing kind of what uh, D'Amico Ryan said. Mm -hmm. As I established a resume, I didn't change the work pattern. I didn't change that mentality. Coaching is real simple to me. You help players realize their dreams. Similarity right there to D'Amico Ryan's. Mm -hmm. You help them feed their families. Then, in turn, you eat. How do I stay motivated? The men I'm working with change every year. I'm a competitive co competition junkie. I need it. I love it. I love being around it. That's what makes the game special. So when we look at some of those similarities between the sustainability that the Pittsburgh Steelers has had in the past two decades, going back to uh, Coach Cower or Mike Tomlin, excuse me, I think that's important that you got two coaches that really believe in that. Now, secondly, Cody, you're 100% right. When we look at – and guys, excuse me, I'm a little <laughs> under weather right now. But when we look at the Steelers' success in the past two de decades, they've only had two coaches. And hmm. to your point, a large part of that has been Mike Tomlin. They've only had those two coaches. You do not build success with a shaky foundation. That's been Houston's problem the two consecutive years in Nick Casario's first two you know, years out. David Cully, shaky foundation. Got to hold his hand. That wasn't even the foundation. And I yeah, hate that to was, say it. That was, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> – that one was what it was. Uh, the year two, you go with Lovey Smith, right? And with Lovey Smith, I want to go back to something that Nick Casario said. I think we philosophically believe in a lot of the same things. So we have to, excuse me, so we have to put our input imprint on it as we go. And I think that's what excites us the most. Really, since he took this job, we haven't stopped talking, whether it's about staff, whether it's about players, about what we're going to do. You didn't get that in the past two coaching cycles, right? Hmm. Even when last year, I went back a lot of times to mention how he has mentioned and talked about in the press conference how he and Lovey Smith did not see eye to eye on a lot of philosophical things. And so with, uh, uh, you know, D'Amico coming back to Houston, you look at the past couple of years, shaky foundation, whether it has been from up top with ownership, under them with the front office and the whole Jack Easterby thing, and then Nick Casario trying to figure out a way to really build what he wants to build without the outside noise and distractions and inside noise and distractions, even on the field with David Cully and Levy Smith being their coaches. When D'Amico Ryans came back to Houston, I'm going to tell you why it's important is because that's what everybody has wanted. And I think when you look at a sustained success, everybody has to be on the same page. That's why it's important. Now you can really build a team with the correct alignment. Another thing that I like from Nick Casario's press conference from that question specifically was you have to start somewhere. You have to put your feet on the ground somewhere. And here's where we are today. We have our feet on the ground. D'Amico's feet is on the ground. Our feet are on the ground. We can't wait to get started. Everybody is on one accord one page and understanding that in order for this thing to work, we collectively got to all march each and every day together. And again, getting Nick Casario philosophically believing in the same thing. And another thing I want to take away before we move on from fans, I think you should really, really love this quote. Damn, we're playing the Texans. Hmm. Ain't had that energy in a couple of years. Ain't had that energy in a while. Ain't really had that energy since being up 24-0. <laughs> now you can see why getting D'Amico Ryans was important for this franchise because energy travels. And either it's negative to negative or positive to positive. 
You got to get rid of some of those leeches and people that was doing the distractions and, and messing up here in town. And now with this guy with D'Amico Ryan's as your head coach, yeah, it's, it's okay to say you got a bright future because it simply does seem that way. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Life doesn't always come with a user manual, so when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, secure, accessible anywhere, and 100% online. All of the benefits of an in-person therapy session, plus, again, it's more convenient and more affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting room. And for my Houston folks, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's BetterHelp.com slash locked on. And the only app you need at this year's Super Bowl party is... FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We are really excited to talk about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one, they're number one in sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you are new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can get, so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Monday installment of Locked On Texans. And as promised, we got our guy, Mr. Jonathan Wells, former Houston Texans running back, played with the franchise from 2002 to 2005. Jonathan, welcome to Locked On Texans, man. It's an honor to have you. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to it all week. Let's get it. Yeah, there we go. Before we get started talking football, you from Louisiana, Cody from Louisiana. Okay. Cody's from New Orleans, right? Mm -hmm. You are from River Ridge, Louisiana. Man, I'm from New Orleans, man. Stop all that, man. <laughs> yeah. My, my high school is in River Ridge. I was born in Charity Hospital, man. I grew up in. Okay, okay. I grew up. Is I grew that where up. Wayne was born? Lil Wayne was born in Charity Hospital, wasn't he? Uh, everybody born in, New in Charity Hospital. New Orleans, this big, man. <laughs> between Ken and New Orleans, man. New Orleans is one little small spot, man. <laughs> man, listen, I was going to New Orleans. We wasn't doing the Shrewsbury, trust me. Mm. I wanted to ask you from your perspective, right? Everybody go to Louisiana, go to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras, you know, it's popping in February right now. When you go down there, a lot of people don't know about them gas stations. Get some good eating with them gas stations. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you get good eating everywhere. Come on, everywhere. Now. But <laughs> if, I, if I go to Louisiana, I'm stopping at either, either Billy's. Well, I'm going to some of them backstreet gas stations. For people who do not know about New Orleans and Louisiana, what should they eat if they stay first or second time going? They need to travel around. What should they go eat? Get some food. We need to find my mom or one of my aunts. 
You know what I'm talking about? Like they need to they need to find a family member. That's where you get the real deal. Now, yeah. mind you, I don't really get to the crib all like that no more. So I don't, I don't know all the new restaurants and all of that. Um, I heard the dude Morrow, uh Larry Morrow. I heard he got a spot that's popping right right downtown on Canal somewhere that uh everybody that they normally stop and he got great reviews. But man, I stick to the family when I pull up in the city, you know what I'm saying? They they get me right, so I ain't really with the local stuff like that. Man, the family food gonna get you right and have a good nap right after us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love it. I love it. But Jonathan, um, you was at D'Amico Ryan's press conference last Thursday, and the one thing that I love most about it, John loved most about it, and I think everybody loved most about it was just the love and support he had from the alumni association from the Houston mm -hmm. Texans. Um what does D'Amico Ryan's hiring mean just for alumni like yourself? Um, I got to tell you, man, it was beautiful. Um, it was borderline emotional. Um, now, mind you, I didn't get a chance to play with uh, D'Amico Ryans. He came the year after I left. So mm -hmm. I had never met D'Amico until uh, Thursday, to be honest with you. Um, but like I said, he left a lasting impression on me. Just such a genuine dude. Um, you could tell that his energy is high. He's all about coaching and motivating and creating great men on the field and off the field. Um, I think it was a brilliant hire. Um, they're going to have to stick with him. This is not one of those one, two-year type of situations. You got to get a guy three, four years to get his mm -hmm. players in here, to get his culture set in here. Um, but, you know, all of the guys that played with him, you know, my boy Dre Johnson and, and, and you know, all of those guys that actually played with him, man, they love the guy. So uh, I got to take their word. Travis Johnson, they all think that he's, he's just a stand-up type of guy. And from, from me kicking it with him for a couple of hours, um, I feel the same way, and I think they made a great hire by, by hiring D'Amico. Is it more of a benefit for young players like Christian Harris, like um, Derek Stingley Jr.? Can they learn more from a coach who is a former player versus a regular coach who, you know, had to work their way up the ranks? I know a lot of guys might not like this answer, but the, the, the answer is absolutely yes. The part of the, the number one reason, not the number one reason, but – Pretty much up there, the reason why I went to Ohio State was because of Coach Tim Spencer. Mm -hmm. He was the third leading rusher in Ohio State rushing history at the time, and he had also played in the NFL. If I'm going to be coached by somebody and somebody going to yell at me and cuss me out and, you know, whatever it is that comes with their coaching style, I can, I can receive that from somebody who's been to the level that I want to get to a little bit more than somebody who's learned it from looking in a playbook to be quite honest with you. So I think that having D'Amico there, a guy who can, he's shown you that he can take guy who doesn't have to be a high draft pick. He can take third rounders and turn them into all pros. He mm -hmm. can take guys that you develop. It's about developing guys. You're not going to hit with every one of your first round picks. You got to be able to develop your second rounders, your third rounders and turn, get more out of these guys than what the draft said that they would be. And that's what I think his specialty is. And that's why I think we got a special one, but they got to stick with him. And they got to give him some time. And I think we're going to turn this thing around rather quickly over here. Let's talk some field work. Only three teams didn't have two 200-yard rushes on the season. That's the Texans was one of them. Only three teams, excuse me, the Texans. The other one of those teams was Derrick Henry. And uh, I forget who the other team is. But the Houston Texans struggled last year, in the past couple of years, with running the ball successfully and having depth at that position. When you hear Demico Ryan say, we're going to need great running backs. How important is it for the Texans to invest into their backfield? 
Me personally, I think the heartbeat of the team is obviously the offensive line, but then right after that, I think it's the running back. I mean, I think when it's time to get into playoff football, when it's time to go up into bad conditions, I think you have to be able to establish the line of scrimmage and run the ball, maybe not all the time, but you have to be able to lock in in that four-minute drill and run the ball when you need to, whether that's to close a game out, whether that's to go get a field goal to tie a game to keep it going to overtime. you got to be able to run the football. So I think the, the running back position is undervalued. I think it's underappreciated, and it's been like that for a long time. But thank God we have a good young one here, and I think we need to add a little bit of depth there. Um, to make sure, you know, we can't depend on one running back in the, in the NFL. You got to have two to three guys that can step up and play at a starter type level. So um, I think the running back position is very important. And I'm glad we got a good one. What quarter, what not quarterback? What running back you got your eye on right now? In the draft, draft you got you got the draft. You got free I'm a, agency. I'm gonna keep it real, man. I don't. I'm not. I'm not into it like that. I don't, I don't. I'm not a guy who's out here studying the draft boards and all that. Listen, when we get these guys, whoever we draft. I'm going to be right there to shake their hands, love on them, mm. give them anything they need in the city, mentor. But I'm not the guy who's sitting around here watching football all day. I just started watching NFL football like a year ago. And that's only because I'm back working with the Texans, to be honest with you. I'm really more of a college guy, NFL, yeah. uh, uh, high school guy. Um, but, you know, listen, I, I don't get into all of that, you know, who, who we should draft and all that. I'll leave that up to the specialists. Now, if no. you ask me about the quarterback position, I do have a unique perspective about that this year. Well, let's ask, let's ask about the <laughs> quarterback position. Let's, let's go right into it. it. <laughs> yeah, I got a unique, you know, I got I got a dog in this fight. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm CJ Stroud. State. I'm CJ so Stroud all I day. I want to ask you about that because you know, uh, we're on Twitter, and the Twitter is filled with fans, and then you have the. Uh, the media, and I'm not going to go into the description of the media members, but you have media members out there that love to push their own agenda. CJ yeah. Stroud has been, <laughs> CJ mm. Stroud has been arguably, you know, if it's not Bryce Young, and I can understand why people will want Bryce Young, CJ Stroud has been the, the guy that you should go with. Now, all of a sudden, in the past two months, they're making up all of these different reasons why it should be maybe Will Levis or somebody else that hasn't had the resume. They're going to create a QB every year. They're going to bring one out of the out of the blue. They're going to create this great hope <laughs> and, you know, try to move them up the board. Come on, man. Knock it off, man. This man, though, how are you putting this man in the same conversation with C.J. Stroud? I'm not trying to hear that. We play against way better competition. He playing the SEC. He playing the SEC. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that. Let me take that back. He does play in the SEC. But, dog, I'm not trying to hear that, man. The skill set that C.J. Stroud has shown since he's taken over the starting position at Ohio State, the kid can make every throw. He has the size. He plays in the conditions that you're going to have to play in when it comes time for playoff football in the NFL. He's already used to that part of it. I just don't see, after the Georgia game, I don't see how you can have anything negative to say about C.J. Stroud. I'm sorry. Especially after the Georgia game. I'm biased, but I'm not stupid. Before the Georgia game, it was still on the fence between Bryce and CJ for me as well. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to see him play against the number one defense in the country. I wanted to see him play against the number one defensive lineman in the country. I wanted to see what he was going to do on the big stage. Me too. But once I saw what he did in that stage, it just solidified for me that he should be the number one quarterback drafted this year. And that's just how I feel. So the endorsement mm -hmm. right now is if it's on the board, CJ no stop a president. 
There you go. There you how, go. <laughs> how, look, my last question is: How much of the lack uh, lack of creativity has hurt Houston's offense in terms of getting their running backs involved? Uh, once again, that's one of those technical. To be honest with you, bro, I'm an ambassador for the team, so I be doing so much entertaining and going from different suites and all of this stuff. We really don't get a chance to watch a lot of the games. Like to be honest, we don't just get to sit there and watch the game like the fans do. So. I, I don't know. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. All I know is we got to get a QB in here. We got to get some playmakers in here. We need a number one receiver in here. Uh, you know, we got to continue to build on the offensive line. That's what I do know. But as big. far as the, the technicalities of the offense and all that, I, I don't watch enough of it. Hmm. Jonathan, real quick, I cannot have you on the show without asking you, what is your favorite memory of playing for the Houston Texans? Um, that's easy. You know, obviously, that's uh the first game in franchise history. Uh, when they beat the who? When they we, beat the who? We beat them Dallas Cowgirls. We whooped up on them in there. Had Jerry Jones <laughs> on the sideline crying, looking. You know, yeah, we, we did them real bad in there. Uh, But, you know, more importantly, though, all jokes aside, if you go back and look at that game, because I just went back and watched that game for the first time in, like, 20 years, mm-hmm. you could see the screen shaking from the noise in NRG Stadium. We got to get back to that type of energy. But once again, that's going to take playing winning football. And that's going to take doing the things, you know, that that the organization is trying to do behind the scenes as well as they're trying to do in the community right now out front. So um, I'm just looking forward to getting Reliant. I'm uh, NRG man back rocking. Reliant. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know he's what I'm he's saying? He's feeling 0-2. I'm looking forward to that, man, because we need the fans. We need to make sure Houston is home field advantage. We got the best fans in the world. We got the greatest city in the world. We got to get that football team back rolling and get that stadium back popping again. And Jonathan, really quick, you know, you talked about, you know, this organization bringing back the fans. Um, what are some of the things that you can actually share without going too much into details on what the McNairs or what this organization is trying to do to win back the fans? Because John and myself, we be at every single game and it is not the same like how it was in 2002 and throughout the 2010s when you had guys like JJ, when you had guys like um, D-Hop and all the rest of those guys, like the last two years, it's been kind of dated that when you hear cheering, it's for the opposing team, unfortunately. Yeah, 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 it's been a bad look. You know, uh, pretty much every opposing team is coming to NRG and basically taking over the stadium and uh, Mm -hmm. that can't continue to happen. What they have to do is very simple. I think they started with hiring a great coach, um, uh, what we perceive to be is going to be a great head coach, and they got to put the right product on the field. None of this matters. Even hiring D'Amico, he has to come in here, he has to start winning. Not instantaneously all like that, but he can't come in here and go 0-16. We got to win four, five, six games next year to show that we're going in the right direction. Um, So I think putting the product on the field, and starting to get wins. Winning solves everything. We already know that. So I think once we get back to winning, playing playoff football, I think the fans will be there and support us as they always have. Before we get up out of here today, man, I got to ask you, with the hiring of D'Amico Ryans, do you feel like Nick Casario can now go about his job as a general manager to bring in some of these free – I know you don't watch a lot of the games, but do you feel like the validity of D'Amico Ryans as a coach who just not that long ago was playing football – successful in San Fran, took his time and built his way up to be where he is now, help guys like Fred Warner. Do you think now guys will look at Houston and say, you know what, the city is beautiful, the food is great, the, you know, the atmosphere is amazing, now I can go play football there? Yeah, I think I think um, 
Yeah, once you have the right leadership and position and, and, and the ownership group shows that they're willing to do whatever it takes to become a winning organization, I think now we'll be able to start to attract some of those high-profile uh, free agents that we need. Obviously, it starts with the quarterback position if you're talking about trying to get a top-notch wide receiver or even a running back, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. we got to figure out this QB position, whether that's going and attacking somebody in free agency or whether that's, you know, uh, going and draft the right guy, and we come in and we hit on the right guy. So um, I think that's that's all it's a take, man. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll be back. Listen, I, I have to remind fans to remind you guys. Now, listen, we just, Texans just won a playoff game in 2019. You know, it's not like one of those franchises that have gone 10, 15, 20 years and haven't sniffed the playoffs. Like we've been playing consistent football around here, even though I wasn't watching. I know they was playing consistent football around here throughout the 2010. So we're not as far away as people may think. Uh, I think a couple of a great offseason in a free agency, uh, plugging some of those holes on defense, on the defensive front seven. And uh, I think we'll be back in business in H-Town. Hmm. Jonathan Well, former Houston Texans running back. Jonathan, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on social media? Man, hit me up. I'm strictly on Instagram, J Wells Media Group, J W E L L S Media Group. Uh, hit me up on there. I got the blue check, man. Hit me in the DM, and uh, yeah, let's let's get it done, man. We're gonna roll. Welcome back in, locked on Texans listeners and viewers. Before we move on, I want to shout out my nephew Noah Price. Mm. Had his last basketball game. He'd been in like a little basketball, how to play ball uh, program. Had his last game. It was finally a five versus five. My boy had six points, five steals, two blocks, was locking boys down. Young so Patrick Beverly. Don't know Patrick Beverly. No. That's six points, five rebounds. But How he, many steals? How many steals? But he, he had like four steals. Patrick Beverly. That's nothing wrong with Patrick. Lockdown Patrick Beverly. Man, I don't, I don't want my nephew to come on the court. Oh, you know what? I apologize. Uh, Gary Payton, is that is that good? I don't, I don't want him to come on the court with, with, with the referee at the 10-year-old. <laughs> but if you ever see this, you're know, proud of you, man. And I'm also proud of the Texan fan base. They've been really mm. ran, rallying around this franchise. And, and it, you know what? This franchise has been trying their hardest to rally around their fan base, if we're being honest. From Cal McNair doing all kinds of sorts of things, hopping on Reddit's. Uh, you know, the barbecue last year, uh, just little small things. But as a franchise, I get it and I understand the product has been bad. You were heartbroken over Deshaun Watson, let's call it what it is. You didn't know mm -hmm. who to blame for that situation. There was a guy in that building by the name of Jack Easterby who everybody hated. I haven't seen a passer more hated in the city of Houston than, than Jack Easterby since Joel Osteen. And then now you finally get to a place where you are comfortable. <laughs> you are comfortable <laughs> putting your faith and trust in his franchise and guys are excited because they made the right decision. And the Texans have been lacking some of those right decision moves in the past couple of seasons. And so to see the fan base excited, hear Jonathan Wells talk about this fan base as, you know, they got to win some games. They got to get their energy back in the NRG slipped up and set the Reliant, which, you know, <laughs> The Reliant used to be rocking back in the day. But hmm. I think that this is, again, we talked about a lot of the first steps of building the foundation. Once the fans get in that NRG stadium and not allow the Washington Commanders to outnumber them or outloud them and outfan them in hmm. their stadium, not allow uh, the Jaguars, things like that, to give your team some point of a home field advantage, we will see a turnaround, a 180, not 360, 
I hate when people say a whole 360. We will see a 180 of this fan base and this franchise going in another direction, turning up for some success. I'm John Some Sports Guy Hickman. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. Take those same few fingers, scroll over to YouTube, and like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube under the name Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Once again, shout out to Jonathan Wells. Texas and Louisiana. It's all about that man. (laughs) Yes, sir. Former Houston Texans running back. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Hopefully you guys enjoyed him just like we did. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.